hand into the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. And welcome, my friends. Yes, a new month, a new set of episodes here on the spoiler room. And we're doing another theme this month. And it is thanks to one of the crew members who is here with us tonight. We are looking at the 1988 classic film, in quotes, uh, starring Cindy Lauper, Jeff Goldblum, and Peter Falk, and we are talking vibes. And tonight I got a great crew assembled to discuss this very interesting late 80s comedy. First off, she is back in the spoiler room with us, the diva of the spoiler room, the very talented Dawn, and the whole reason why we are talking vibes this evening. Hello, Dawn. Hello. <laughs> and I gave you a look when you said classic in quotes it is totally classic <laughs> i said that on purpose just to poke just to poke at you uh, <laughs> i hope you felt that look. i did i did feel the, <laughs> i felt the look come right through the computer i i felt it it <laughs> seared right into the brain and with me as well not only do we have dawn but we have uh, the multi-talented tanya atomic back in the spoiler room hello tanya welcome back glad you're here hello thanks for having me uh, so happy to have uh, these two uh, fantastic individuals who are actually, uh, sounds like Jeff Goldblum fans, to talk about vibes. And so, Dawn, uh, why don't you uh, give the synopsis that might be just a little bit longer than the IMDb synopsis of the film Vibes? The IMDb synopsis is also terribly, terribly inaccurate. Anyhow, so... <clears throat> This movie starts out where a group of psychics is to getting gotten together to do some testing. Cindy Lauper as Sylvia Pickell and um, Jeff Goldblum, as you've already mentioned, as uh, Nick Deasy, who end up getting hired by Peter Falk to go and search South America for his lost son, who was lost in the mountains. And... Um, Turns out that that's not at all what's going on. And then there's love and there's betrayal. and (laughs) (laughs) The shenanigans ensue. Oh my God. Yeah, this is, there's no, is there a plot? Yes, there's a plot. They go on an Ah. adventure. They fall in love in in the wilds of South America. South America. Ecuador. 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 Thank you. I'm like, (laughs) none of the, none of the, countries in my brain are making a sound sounding right <laughs> anyhow that was a terrible synopsis but it's much better than psychics hired are hired to find a lost temple yeah no, it's, <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> it's great when the imdb synopsis written by just about anyone uh usually gives away the big twist of the film uh <laughs> right there why even 
Why even? Now you don't have to watch the movie because they just did that. I like the other one better. It says, Psychics Hired to Find Lost Temple. That is a great summary. The uh, actual extended summary kind of spoils the film. But in any case, yes, psychics are involved. Jeff Goldblum and Cyndi Lauper are one of them uh, each, and they have special abilities and shenanigans. As always in late 80s, comedies ensue involving... Uh, you know, foreign countries. So, <laughs> uh, Tanya, uh, you remember at all when you first watched Vibes? I do. I, I don't know exactly what, what age I was, but I was young. It was um, soon after the movie came out, so I was probably like early teens or preteen, something like that. Um, but I remember the trailers on tv and i really wanted to see it um i i like cindy lopper i always thought she was really adorable and as soon as it went to video my um sister and i rented it and we watched it and we thought it was super cute and it became one of our like repeat um rentals <laughs> that's awesome uh uh Ye old repeat rentals. I've been there uh, a number of times. <laughs> uh, and uh, Don, how about you with uh, vibes? As this was one uh, that you said, hey, Mark, you'd be great if we talked vibes. So when did you first see it? <laughs> uh, like Tanya, I saw it what, after it came to video. Mm-hmm. And, and um, what did you and, think of it when you saw it? <laughs> I thought it was tremendous fun. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I did. I saw this right around. I, I I thought it was tremendous fun. It was very, very panned, and everybody always ridiculed it for being such a terrible movie because, oh, my God, it's so terrible, blah, blah, whatever. <laughs> it's a fantastic movie, and anybody who says otherwise is wrong. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, folks, right here in the spoiler room. You heard it. Uh, vibes, if you've... Uh, let's see if I can put this right. Um, uh, so uh, Dawn here, uh, yes, Dawn, she likes vibes, okay, and she's an expert, and uh, I must say that, you know, she says it's the best of the world, okay? So I, I just, you know, I'm just brainstorming here. I think the world should, um, should, should follow Dawn. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I uh, absolutely agree. <laughs> In my worst Jeff Goldberg <laughs> impression. This was, this was actually one of the first uh, movies that I actually did a write-up about in my blog. Ooh, nice. Nice. Very cool. Uh, it had been a long time since I watched this film, uh, and I only actually watched it in bits and pieces on cable, uh, mainly because of uh, Cindy Lauper and there was Peter Falk in it. Not was not a huge Jeff Goldblum fan. Um, I thought he was quirky at the time, but we're talking 88, 89, so... Uh, it, we're talking a young Mark, uh, uh, you know, uh, a 12, 13-year-old Mark here. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, uh, you know, lovey-dovey stuff. And then, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but I, I thought it was quirky. Now, watching it from start to finish, and, and my wife, of course, uh, she found out, oh, hey, you're watching a Jeff Goldblum film. I will watch it with you. Uh, because <laughs> my wife uh, adores uh, Mr. Jeff Goldblum. And so she sat down and watched it with us. And watching the whole thing, I will say it is very 80s comedy, um, very quirky, uh, but it's got a lot of charm to it. Um, 
it, it's really got a lot of, lot of just fun energy. You know, it, it isn't a deep film by any means. Um, especially if you watched a lot of 80s comedies, especially late 80s comedies, uh, you know, where they seem to take things, you know, and deal with uh, psychics especially because we're watching this opening scene with the testing of the psychics and we get, <laughs> go figure, the shady psychic of the group is Russian. Wow, who would have thought that in an 80s <laughs> film? <laughs> And they're doing the card test, and Jill's like, I've seen this before. Oh, yeah, beginning of Ghostbuster. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. It was totally... And, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and oh, my God, the actor that plays the shady Russian... Um, uh, bad guy, I guess. He <laughs> is... His name is fantastic. Googie Grass. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's a fantastic name. I just had to mention that. That, because... that is a fantastic name. The actor's name is Googie Gress. He plays Ingo uh, Sweldin. Uh, uh, Swedlin, <laughs> excuse me, Swedlin. And yeah, he's got the, he's got the German, uh, not German, he's got Russian accent. Um, so yeah, of course. Be- and, and so you know when you meet this guy, okay, he is going to be the bad guy or the, you know, uh, the opposite of our heroes, who we have uh, Cindy Lauper in her first role, and um, oh my God, um, uh, Jeff Jeff Goldblum. After I watched this film, by the way, I heard all my dialogue in my head in the cadence of Jeff Goldblum. Let me tell you, that is <laughs> it is infectious. Watching a full movie where he has lots of dialogue, yeah, it. I was like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Cindy Lauper and, and my wife wanted me to mention this, and I'm, I'm sure the ladies will appreciate this. While we are covering Jeff Goldblum films this month, uh, thanks to the spark uh, and suggestion of vibes, uh, this really is a Cindy Lauper film, and Jeff Goldblum is uh, uh, co-starring in this film. So, Cindy Lauper's first role. Dawn, what did you think of Cindy Lauper's performance, considering she is the '80s trend of rock star turned movie star? I thought she did a pretty darn good job. Mm-hmm. Um, she did. Part of it was the role. Part of it was, I think, um, they catered the role to her. Mm-hmm. So she had this very brazen brash personality um but with a heavy hand of of awkwardness yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) and 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 tanya how about you being the uh filmmaker uh, that you are what did you think of uh miss uh, lopper's performance considering this is her first role I I thought she was super charming when mm-hmm. I first saw the movie. That was one of the things I enjoyed about the movie. I mean, I feel like kind of the plot is sort of secondary. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not that it's not that deep. It's not that heavy. And if people are trying to look at the movie to pick apart that, you're you know you're not. It's not that important. It's really secondary to like the little bits of humor, the, the quirkiness, the interaction between the characters. 
and the actors really. And I think I think she is super charming in this. Um, she comes across really really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really surprised as this movie got panned so much because I felt like it was really a vehicle for her and that her fans would come to it. You know that I I, I agree with you. I think it is a Cindy Lauper film, and I think that it was something that you know fans of hers would would go to see and i remember she had a hit song mm-hmm. in it um when it came out and so i'm a little confused by that because i do think the plot is secondary yeah. and it's more to showcase her and her and her charm and and the other actors as well yeah i mean i totally forgot julian sands is in here the war mm-hmm. the warlock himself i'm like holy crap He's in here because again, I didn't. Yeah, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi shows up, which again just added to the charm of the film for my wife because Steve Buscemi (laughs) is the other actor who my wife really finds uh, adorable. (laughs) So we're watching this, and Steve Buscemi shows up as uh, you know, uh, Cindy Lauper's character's uh, a boy, you know slimy boyfriend and she's like holy crap she's like this movie just got so much better and I'm like yeah it's got it's because it's got steve buscemi too right she's like yes i'm like i just sighed i'm like okay no that you know there's some validness to this i mean there's nothing wrong i, I like steve buscemi as well so uh it was a surprise seeing him in here even in the minor role so uh you're right about the awkwardness with her character, but um, I think this, you know, at its core, you're right. The plot really is second. It It is a basic, predictable 80s comedy plot, okay? I mean, you, you it hits all the beats. You know where it's going to go, but you watch it for the characters because uh, you've got Jeff Goldblum's character who, if you think Cindy Lauper's Sylvia Pickle, it, which I love that name, is awkward. <laughs> uh, Don, our Jeff Goldblum's character, Nick, Deezy, is even more awkward. Oh, definitely. I mean, oh, definitely. <laughs> he, br- he brings his own food and water to South America. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, this one is right after The Fly, correct? Uh, yes. Uh, the, this one is just after the fly. I do believe so, it, yeah. So as we discussed in, in the fly, um, he was bringing, uh, Jeff Goldblum was really bringing this um, kind of sexy geek, sexy nerd thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he kind of took a few steps backward in this one. <laughs> mm. Uh, he 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 does play a little bit differently than what he played in in The Fly and even a few of his earlier roles that he was in. You know, uh, it, it, it's oh yeah. I mean, it, the awkward to the point of wow, just just wow. I mean, it, it, to the point where you're watching it, you get a little uncomfortable for the characters. You know how that is. It's like it's it. They play it so well. You're just like. Okay, now I feel uncomfortable for them, and this is awkward. <laughs> would you Would you think of Nick uh, Tanya? Would you say even more awkward uh, than uh, Pickle, Miss Pickle? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's obvious that he, 
that they're playing tropes. You know, he's right. playing the the kind of nerdy uptight sort of guy, and and he's and she's playing you know the wild, you know, more of a wild city girl. And the one thing I did appreciate in the movie though is they never like go super cliche with it. Where they're like constantly fighting, you know how you know how movies in the '80s that had the guy and the girl meet and they hate each other and they're constantly fighting and then that's where the romance right. comes in or whatever. And I'm, I appreciate they didn't go overboard with that. They made it kind of like two people that don't really know each other are mm-hmm. awkwardly interacting and sometimes offending each other. And <laughs> um, but yeah, you know he's definitely the more you know nerdy. Uh, you know, uptight, not sure of mm-hmm. the world around him kind of character. Um, and it is, it does, you know, paint him in a different picture than the, the fly. Cause he sort of commands the screen, I think in the fly. Um, so it, so it is interesting, but um, I, I still enjoy his performance in this and his character. You, you're right. He doesn't command the screen as much as he did in the fly. He's mm-hmm. not as much of a screen presence in here. Although uh, you mentioned about them not getting along, apparently Cindy Lauper wrote later on, many moons later, that she and Jeff Goldblum did not get along during production. Um, interesting. So, which, I, yeah, I found interesting too and may have added to the awkwardness. Uh, <laughs> I also found it interesting that it's because of her that um, we didn't get a Dan Aykroyd in the role of Nick Deasy. Apparently, apparently he was originally cast as Nick Deasy, but dropped out after uh, Columbia Pictures told him uh, that, yes, we are putting Cyndi Lauper in as the co-star. Oh. Um, So, yeah, there's there's a little bit of that there. So (laughs) take that that as you will, that that bit of drama. Uh, (laughs) Well, well, to be fair, I don't know that. Um, Dan Aykroyd would have been capable of working with Cyndi Lauper. Their their unique idiosyncrasies would definitely not have meshed. Well, especially for a uh, for it being her um, first role, it would definitely uh, probably have been even more awkward for him and frustrating because you know at this point Aykroyd, especially in '88, you know he was. <laughs> <laughs> he he was uh, flying a bit at this uh-huh. at this point. So to mm. to put him opposite a starring role of a rock star who even in you know in the eighties, I mean even today, but especially in the eighties, rock stars trying to be actors is kind of the impression I always got was kind of like, oh you think you could act, you know? <laughs> and then some of them were proven correct and some of them were proven wrong. Um, you know, Lady Gaga, she can act. Hey, woot. Um, but <laughs> Mr. Bon Jovi, not so much. But uh... <laughs> Fair, fair. Well, and the thing is with, with Cindy Lauper, she'd had how many years of... Um, uh, Live performances with wrestling. Yeah, I mean, right, yeah. Well, and when you wait, wait, Don, are are you saying there was acting involved <laughs> in wrestling, especially in the eighties? Are is that what you're saying, Don? That it was fake? <laughs> that it was set up? <laughs> you ruined. That's my... what I do. I crush your childhood <laughs> dreams. <laughs> 
the big WWF. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yes, uh, she did uh, have that. And, uh, you know, she did act in music videos. I mean, it wasn't like you had dialogue, but still she had that, you know, she knew how to, she was not uh, uh, first, you know, this wasn't her first time in front of the camera at all. So you are right there. She did have experience, live performances, with wrestling and also MTV. So, you know, and thanks to Michael Jackson, they showed that music videos could tell just a story and weren't just people, a band up there playing, you know, there was acting. I mean, you know, what, uh, uh, girls just want to have fun. Um, was that with Captain Lou? She had it in there. Was that, Uh that one? Uh Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's not like she was a stranger to the camera, so, but I can understand Dan Aykroyd, where, especially where he probably was at the time. Um, and Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum probably was like, Hey, work. Um, you know, (laughs) so he did have a movie in between this, uh, with, um, a, a comedy he did in between this and the fly, but this is pretty much his next like big type of film. Um, and, and it, it just seems to me that Jeff Goldblum does what he finds fun. Yeah, he's definitely one of those actors that seems to take a role because it might be fun or interesting to explore, not necessarily because it's going to garner him anything except a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. But but he doesn't care. Um, I'll tell you the big surprise, kind of big surprise casting for me in this film and the type of film it was, was Peter Falk showing up in a a film like this. Now, I know he's done kind of quirky comedies and that, and he did work with Jeff Goldblum on Columbo. Jeff Goldblum was on an episode of Columbo back in, I think, 75 or whatever, so like 10 years or something, or 77. But, uh, Tanya, does uh, Peter Falk being in this film, is that kind of surprise, considering the type of movie it is? Well, it's hard for me to actually look back and think of that because... You know, I, this movie's been such a part of my, my life for so long. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to look back and think of it that way. It's just, no, Peter Falk's in it, you know? <laughs> for um, sure. That, that is one of the reasons why we um, originally watched it, though, because my sister was a big Columbo fan. She loves mm-hmm. mysteries and stuff. And um, and he's pretty charming as well, you know, so that was, like, another thing. So they, they kind of make this trifecta. You know, he's a he's a pretty big character mm-hmm. um as well um so yeah it's, it's really hard for me to look at it with the perspective and be <laughs> you know like because yeah. to me it's just it is what it is it's always been this you know peter just, falk's always been so there young when, yeah. yeah i was so young when i first saw it so yeah. well i i was always a big colombo fan too i love that yeah just one more question you know um <laughs> I always loved, you know, his trench coat and that. So it was fun seeing him in this. And you're right. It Now knowing the other roles he's taken, it's hard not to uh, say, well, yeah, of course he's in a quirky film like this. But back then, uh, you know, it, it felt like a little bit of a surprise. What about you, Don, with Peter Falk being in a film like this? You know, at the time, I didn't think a whole lot about it because mm-hmm. it was uh, this came out the year after uh, The Princess Bride. Right. So I, I didn't think a whole lot of it, but looking at his, looking at what he did around them, it looked like he was doing like three, four, five movies at a whack, and then taking a break, hmm. and then 
uh, releasing a whole bunch of movies and then taking a break. So it's like when you're being that prolific, something's going to take and something's going to bomb. <laughs> but he looks like he's having fun. As, oh, God, yes. As the guy who's uh, hired to, to, you know, hired the two psychics. Uh, he just looks like he's having a blast on this movie, too. Like, he's just, he's rolling with it. Um, and everybody is. I mean, Julian Sands is in here playing um, Julian Sands. Uh, <laughs> Does he play anything else? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I, I, <laughs> but that's okay. We don't mind because you want to talk about screen presence when he's there. <laughs> Julian Sands is there. I mean, he's got screen presence. Like, oh, Julian Sands, Julian's here now. Um, where's the rest of the cast? Where'd they all go? So, um, yeah, no, you know, the first movie I ever saw Julian Sands in was Boxing Helena. Oh, really? It wasn't Warlock? Mm, no, oh. it was Boxing Helena. Wow. That was an intense movie. <laughs> that, is, that is an intense movie. No, first one I saw him in was Warlock. I watched Warlock many times. I bought the sound, mm. I bought the soundtrack to Warlock, so... Um, of course, seeing him in here at first, in like the first 10 minutes, I'm like, Julian Sands is playing a good guy? And then, of course, we... we you know, well, come on. It's, you know, given, you know, some actors, you're looking at going, oh, uh, he's the bad guy. <laughs> it's like, he never plays, he never plays a good guy. <laughs> See, I first saw him in Room with a View. Oh. So for me to see his other films, it's like, oh, that's the romantic guy in Warlock. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, it's amazing the uh, perspective we get on actors when, <laughs> when we see their first films. Um, you know, I mean, I actually recognize uh, Jeff Goldblum when I first saw him in Buckaroo Banzai. So there you go. Oh. Uh, <laughs> because how could you not with his costume then? Um, but you know, speaking of wardrobe, uh, Tanya, did it seem like Cindy Lauper just brought her own clothes? So I have to say, honestly, one of the things I love about this movie uh-huh. is that it is a Cindy Lauper fashion show. Yes. The whole thing. I mean, she changes her outfits and, and makeup to match and her hair like every maybe 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> And I love it. <laughs> How could you not? I loved Cindy Lauper's style. Uh, but I mentioned to my wife, like, does it seem like Cindy Lauper just brought her own clothes to wear on set? Because I'm like, I don't think anybody else could put together clothes like that except Cindy Lauper. Um, Don, what'd you think of Cindy Lauper's wardrobe? <laughs> I, I thought it was fun. Yeah. I remember when I w- was watching this, I wished I was short. <laughs> so you could wear some of the outfits? Yeah. And, and the hair. <laughs> and the heels. Oh, yeah. And the heels. Can't forget the heels. Although next to Jeff Goldblum, pretty much everybody would seem short. <laughs> Dude, I love, there's a one seated there where the three of them are together. Oh, it was when it gets revealed that Peter Falk actually brought them to South America under false pretenses. They're not looking for his kid. They're looking for this temple uh, that his shady buddies never came back from. Um, Well, one did. The other one is all mumbled jumbled because of the temple he found. And so 
uh, he's talking the two psychics into not leaving. And so he gets together and he puts his arms around both of them where he's in the middle. And I'm like, holy crap, Peter Falk's shorter than Cindy Lauper. <laughs> like you got Jeff Goldblum and then you got Cindy Lauper. And I'm like, I'm like, holy crap, Peter Falk's shorter than Cindy Lauper. Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't realize he was that small of a guy. Um, you know, and I love the exotic location and it reminded me a bit, Dawn, did this remind reminds you a little bit of like Golden Child? In a in a in a feeling, uh, although Golden Child was a little bit more darker and serious, but still, kind of that mystical comedy uh, of the eighties. Uh, did it kind of give you a little bit of that, uh, for lack of a better term, vibe? Um, <laughs> a little bit, a, yes. a little bit, um, the, but definitely lighter and more frivolous. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, here you have the suddenly just, they're able to just pick up and go on 50 grand, uh, fly to South America uh, and stay at the Windsor, <clears throat> you know, which back then especially was like, oh, hoity-toity. Uh, I know, I'm old. I just said hoity-toity. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we get that wonderful scene in the uh, cafe, in the din- dinner, uh, excuse me, dining room and the dance floor area where we get this discussion where Jeff, where uh, Nick and Miss Pickle are having a discussion about, uh, well, Miss Pickle's life choices and his lack of life choices. Cause, <laughs> um, and I thought this was an interesting conversation they had because you know, at first you might think Sylvia Pickle isn't, um, she isn't aware necessarily, you know, of, of the way she is or whatnot, but she's quite aware of the way she is, but she owns it. I thought her character, though awkward in the beginning, really turns out to be a, a strong female character, at least for an 80s comedy. Tanya, did you did you kind of feel that way with her character, that she's... I mean, you know, she still gets bowled over by the creeps, you know, because she's got a soft heart. But do you feel that her character is is a bit strong in this film? I do. Um, It's not something I, like, consciously thought about, really. Sure. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of, like, especially in the 80s, there were a lot of cliches with, you know, women characters. And she just does what she wants. And she, you know, like, when you know, people comment about her in a way that is, you know, sort of obtuse or whatever. She'll, she'll stand up for herself Mm -hmm. and, and she just is who she is. She also doesn't apologize for who she is. She just is who she is. And she's like, you better just accept it (laughs) or not. So yeah. Yeah. I think that is very strong in her sense. And there, there's that part where she's, they're in the, um, they're having the dinner and right. she does the whole Rolls Royce bit. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like, she knows about stuff. She's mm-hmm. not like super naive. She knows about stuff. She just also is who she is. And she's not going to like apologize for it or be any different to please other people. Yeah. She, she owns it. Uh, and I, I love that about her character. Don, what about Cindy Lawford's character? Would you say too, that kind of, especially for like an eighties comedy, she, is a fairly strong female character. She is. Um, I would definitely agree with that. She's very clever. 
I mean, she's very clever, but she's very self-depreciating. Right. Uh, a couple times she she makes comments that she's not very smart or um, poor life choices. Mm-hmm. But again, very unapologetic about it. Um, she knows how to get what she wants and she's not afraid to take risks to get it. <laughs> she knows how to play a man like that dinner scene showed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Nick, they're kind of getting a bit judgmental of her in her ways, but she's like, hey, I know who I am and watch this. Just say out loud, <laughs> just disagree with me <laughs> and totally nabs a guy who's an ambassador within two minutes. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, Boom, you know, how can she she wasn't wrong at all, you know. She she knew exactly what she was doing and and how to get what she wanted and yeah, you're right. She doesn't apologize for the way she is ever. That that's just who she is and you know, and she does get help from her friend because her psychic ability is to talk to her uh a dead companion who helps her out and helps her talk to those from beyond the grave, which helps them out. Of course, it plays into, there was a little bit of foreshadowing in here because also her, uh, her ghostly friend has helped her astro project. And Don, you got to admit the eighties were not subtle with their foreshadowing. Were they not even a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) Because she mentioned, Oh, I asked her, you know, I asked her project, but you know, I, I love it so much, but sometimes I'm afraid I may not get back. And I'm like, well, I know what's going to happen in the third act. (laughs) And and sure enough, she astro projects to help save Nick from the bad guys. Um, (laughs) like, didn't see that one coming. Uh, but I liked how they did it because they didn't do anything fancy like a ghostly Cindy Lauper or something. They just, uh. they just used the camera. I thought for a limited budget, they, I thought used their budget well. Um, and I say limited as a Hollywood film. It was like 18 mil estimated supposedly, but still I thought they did some creative things, especially with the psychic stuff. They just like dive right into it and don't even like poke fun at it they're they they are taking kind of a bit of a serious approach with the psychic ability would you say tanya versus like what you might expect with a comedy like this yeah actually the it's so interesting because the comedy is mostly it's kind of subtle i mean that is i think it's a cute film right and it's got a lot of charm and um I, and I think part of the thing that works about it is that it, the comedy is kind of subtle. Um, like one of one part that I think is really funny is where Julian Sands and um, Jeff Goldblum are like talking and they clap each other on the shoulders and they can't stop. Oh They're yeah, kinda gripping each other's hands. So just like little details like that. But but overall, like the situational stuff and the character stuff, they they take the movie takes all that stuff seriously. And um, and I actually appreciate. It. I think it makes the comedy work better for me. It's not like an over the top or like a parody um, mm-hmm. kind of film, you know. And and which I guess you know t- with them talking about psychic stuff, especially being from the eighties, you might you might expect it to be more like the comedy to be more like with the psychic stuff, right? Um, but it, but it's not like they take all the situations seriously. They take all the characters seriously and they put the comedy in the little details and the dialogue, I think. 
Yeah, it's definitely in the dialogue and the relationships and the details. The psychic part is actually played straight. And in fact, this world, they own it. There's no question that people are psychic, which right. it caught me off guard a bit. I'm like, oh, that's not the punchline that they're psychic. These people are taken seriously with their abilities. And we see they actually have serious abilities. And it plays into the plot, but it doesn't in a comical way. Dawn, does that kind of surprise you too, that they didn't really take the, the, the psychic parts, not actually the comedy? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I very much appreciate that they did that, mm-hmm. but it's like, um, um, I was trying to think of another movie that mm-hmm. they, they just, Okay, any sort of sci-fi movie. Yeah. <laughs> any sort of sci-fi movie. You drop it in, this is the world we live in, we are in space. Right. It, you know, or uh, uh, mad scientist movie um, developing a virus that's going to change you into a vampire whatever. Right. You you go the, the it's it's the basic premise to the movie and mm-hmm. you just accept that that's the world you live in. I love when they do things like that. I wish um they would do more of that with like with horror movies and monster movies yeah. because with horror movies and monster movies it's very much like it's very much they're hidden. They're not an accepted part of society. Wouldn't it be so cool if they would, and I know they do this in books, but that hasn't translated to movies yet. Wouldn't it just be cool if vampires and werewolves and all that stuff was not a hidden subculture, but an actual accepted part of society? That would be cool. I, I mean, I haven't really seen a movie with that type of world. I mean, even, I mean, even your Harry Potter, it's a hidden subculture. It is. And, yeah, Underworld, it's the hidden subculture. The humans aren't actually aware. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. But in this, it's, hey, look at they're psychics. Psychics are part of our world. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they actually play, they actually explore a little bit what happens to some what would happen to someone say if they had this ability all their life life with the nick character uh who can touch things and he can tell the history of the things or where they've been and and who had touched it last and he gives that little story about when he was a kid how he was forced to tell who threw a rock through the office window because people just they just accepted he could do psychic (laughs) stuff you know, which told you this world has psychics and they aren't a punchline or a joke. They're just there. Just as you said, Don, just like a sci-fi film, they just exist. And um, it also, not a whole lot, but it does to some extent explain, uh, explore the kind of relationships people like that would get into. Like, Jeff Goldblum's relationship with his girlfriend Hillary was very cold, mm-hmm. very practical, and Cindy Lauper's relationship with uh, I forget Steve Buscemi's character's name, but it was very casual, very sleazy, mm-hmm. yeah, it was- very abusive. I mean, 
the abusive isn't the right word, but yet it kind of is. Yeah, he was definitely using her for her ability. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And but at the that's what I love the commonality between them though because Jeff Goldblum's character is a scientist guy. He's a curator for a museum, mm-hmm. and he's he knows his stuff, and he's trying to prove it. And all anyone wants him to do is do the carnival act. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're both intelligent people in in their own ways. They're both people. Yet it shows that, yeah, guess what? If people actually knew you had this ability, here's how they would treat you. And, you know, especially the Nick character where you have his boss saying, here's the board. Hey, distract them by doing the key thing like you did at the party. It's like (laughs) you feel bad for him. He's like he's just trying to do his job. And here all you want him to do is, ah, I know who owns these keys, you know. Um, but I thought that was an interesting exploration into that world and that uh, abilities, but yet not have it as the punchline as you would expect from especially the late 80s. Um, uh-huh. You know, y- you're right. That's not where the comedy, the comedy comes in from the relationships and the situations that they're in, not the actual abilities themselves where it could easily be, uh, oh, look. You know, he's touching everything and he, he's picking up all these things, you know, though he could tell his girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was definitely a comedy moment. <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way, and it served the plot. It was he, right. he, he takes her, her panties and he's like uh, two goals and uh, one assist. <laughs> <laughs> and then she tries to play it off as putting it in his you know in some way his girlfriend and and this is what caught me too because i'm in this quirky comedy and i'm not i'm not trying to make a bunch of stuff out of nothing but there is parallels between their two lives because his girlfriend tried to say hey we could be the more mature ones and just forget this happened uh-huh. you know and uh steve buscemi's character is going hey you know what uh, we could just be mature about this. Just one more time, baby. You know, I love you. We're just doing... And they both try to gaslight, no way, uh, our two psychics. Um, you know, trying to make this seem like this is okay that we're using you. And they finally don't have anything of it. Um, and I love that bit, you know. Or, or Don, am I making a mountain out of molehill with that, with their two relationships uh, where there's parallels? Not necessarily. Mm. I mean, we're we're finding a lot more depth in this movie than there actually is. But <laughs> As we do in on this I, podcast, I, uh, I think we should be finding depth in fun movies. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'll take it one step further. Yeah, sure. So in the in the movie, almost every character that they come across is using them because of their psychic ability. Mm-hmm. It's not just their partners, but it's you know the testing where they meet mm-hmm. um, and the psychic testing. They're using them. The Peter Falk character is using them. Um, just everyone around them is using them to try to get you know. Mm-hmm. For their abilities, really, but they don't need to use one another. And they, I mean, I guess not that they don't need to, but they didn't even think to. Right. Because yeah. they already ha- they have that ability too, and they wouldn't mm-hmm. ever do that to someone else. And so they are the only two characters that don't try to use the other one. 
Oh, I like that. And you're right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and it is true. They don't. Um, he doesn't try to touch her stuff, usually, you know, uh, to figure out where she is or if she's telling the truth or not. And she doesn't ask her her partner all of his dirty details <laughs> when they could. Except, huh? Well, except to warn him about the cheating girlfriend. Well, yeah, except to... In order to help him, right. But she didn't, he didn't ask her to, she just offered it. It wasn't like he was using her abilities. They, she just mm-hmm. offered it, though. Yep. Um, it voluntarily, which is completely different than trying to be forced to, you know, uh, read the Incan glyphs uh, and translate them so you could use the ultimate power in the pyramid, which, again, I really agree that the the plot is secondary because whatever reason and uh, energy that this pyramid had, that was the extent of it. I wasn't quite sure what Julian Sands' character (laughs) was going to do with the energy when he had it because he just said he would use it. And I'm like, for what? But... (laughs) He just says he's going to use it to take over the world. I'm like, how? How? <laughs> but apparently they only thought past, you know, so many pages. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is, it's a fun movie. And it's hard to believe that this is, uh, the director of this uh, takes, looks like he just takes a variety of gigs because he's directed, he went on later to direct Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh. And before this, he directed the Big Bird movie, Follow That Bird. Oh. <laughs> so, mm, that's very eclectic. He seems like a very eclectic uh, director because he's also uh, still working today. He's done a, a number of, a bunch of TV. He d- uh, directed some Santa Clar- uh, Clarita diet episodes. Ah. He directed some Office episodes, uh, Bernie Mac show, Malcolm in the Middle, uh, Grounded for Life. I mean, the guy's got a very diverse uh, resume. Uh, Dustin checks in, The Beautician and the Beast, you know? Uh, and, hmm. and then you've got vibes in here. <laughs> And uh, I think that's cool. I think that's cool that you've got a director who's not afraid to just do do whatever. But it just seems like they're having fun with this film. And watching it, I've seen by far, and I think we'll wrap it up here tonight, but I'll, I'll just, uh, my final thoughts, and then I want to get your two ladies' final thoughts with vibes. There are far worse 80s comedies out there. I don't know why this gets panned the way it does because this has a lot of fun energy. It's not supposed to be taken seriously. And in all honesty, I enjoyed this film a lot better than I thought I was going to, especially as it played out. Uh, And yes, it hits all of those tropes, including it seems like everybody in the 80s knew how to tango. Um, (laughs) But uh, it's just fun. It's meant to be... Uh, you know, not deep, but just fun. And I, it looks like everybody's having fun in here, and, and that's what it is. So I don't think just because it may not have been re- written solidly or whatever, have everything answered for you, 
don't think that makes it a bad film at all. It's entertaining, which at the end of the day is what the art form of film is. Uh, me personally, that's the way I feel. Don, how about you and Vibes? I think uh, we know how you feel. Uh, your final thought with the Vibes. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. I think everybody should give it a chance. And and if you don't like it, drink some more. Eventually you'll like it. Uh, <laughs> if only for James, James Horner's uh, fantastic music right. and Cindy Lauper's theme song. Oh, what I saw. I mean, and come on, uh, you get to see Elizabeth Pena in very little she's gorgeous right you do get to see elizabeth pena <laughs> in very little it's like oh okay <laughs> there's all kinds of people in this film actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah she she has a small role in here which uh i found uh amusing how her character and what ends up happening to her character uh going off the balcony i'm like, I'm like oh they actually did that okay uh <laughs> I thought maybe she would be hanging on the rail or something. No, no. She went, uh, you know. <laughs> she went splat. She went splat, um, which was hilarious um, uh, in in the movie. Okay, people going splat's not hilarious, but in this situation it was actually. Uh, <laughs> actually, anyway, I'm going to shut up now before I get myself <laughs> in more trouble. Uh <laughs> Tanya, how about you? Your final thought with vibes? I absolutely adore this movie. Um, it's it's not like a top ten, but it is one of my favorites, and it was and it's one of my comfort movies. I haven't I hadn't seen it for a while, but I, I've definitely seen it many, many, many times. <laughs> um, I think people get you know it, really honestly the plot doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. The stuff going on with the temple stuff that doesn't matter it really doesn't and i think if people get caught up with that and try to make sense of that they think the movie is bad that's my guess <laughs> yeah no you're the, right yeah th that's what i think but I, I the first time i saw it i understood that it wasn't it, that's not what mattered um it you know it's charming it's cute i like all the actors in it i think everybody um just brings it and they do such a good job and to make it fun um i i think any cindy lopper fan i think would like it i any jeff goldblum fan i just think you know you'd have a fun time with it especially like i said it's like a non-stop cindy lopper fashion show so <laughs> if that if that sounds at all good to you if that sounds terrible to you then maybe not see the movie but <laughs> But yeah, I think I think it's such a fun movie. It's cute in the um, you know the dialogue, the interplays between people, and the little the little details. I just think are so much fun, and I, I laugh a lot when I watch this movie. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. A uh, uh, comfort movie. It's one of those where you can sit down and just chill, or have it play in the background, even or whatnot. It's one of those films where no, it's not heavy, but. Uh, yeah. It's easy watching. It, it's easy. Yeah, it's, it's easy to watch. It's easy watching, yet the performances and the script in that aren't so cringeworthy to where you're like, oh my God, it's distracting. No, it's an easy watch. It, it's just one where you could just sit and, you know, escape. And it's not even that long, folks. This is back in the day before movies felt the need to be two hours plus long. Uh, you know, it, it weighs in at that wonderful, comfortable, uh, little over 90 minutes for a comedy. Um, 
and yeah, it's cute. And then Don, I'm glad you mentioned James Horner because I, I didn't even realize he did the music for this, and now I need to find the score for Vibes because which is probably going to be a hell of a lot harder than finding the movie vibes which in our world folks of physical and streaming not everything's available okay <laughs> let's just put it, that way. it is it is it is tougher than you might think uh to find this film but if you do yeah i think check it out yeah if you're a lopper fan if you're gold bloom fan um it's cute you know, and it's it, the thing is, it's not setting out to be anything more than what it right. is. It doesn't try to be more, yeah. Right. It it knows what it is. It plays well in this space uh, that they've given themselves, and you're just supposed to have fun with it. And I really think many people. And yeah, it's get on my lawn, off my lawn, soapbox moment. I'm in my rocking chair listening to my arteries harden. But I think. <laughs> We forget once in a while that, you know, some movies can be made just for fun and they don't have to be perfectly written or they don't have to be, you know, perfectly directed or whatever. But if you have fun with it at the end of the day, that's what matters. And that's Vibes. Vibes is a fun film. Um, yeah. So there you have it, folks. Cindy Lauper, Jeff Goldblum, Vibes, not as bad as you may have heard or may think. Give it a chance, especially if you're a fan at all of these two, or just 80s fashion, because it is a fashion show. I'm not sure what changes more often, her hair or her wardrobe, but I think both at the same time uh, always. But it was fascinating to watch and really took me back to uh, those MTV days. So <laughs> now's the time where I give uh, my wonderful, talented guests who are very patient with this mumbling host, uh, give them the license to shill. And so, uh, Tanya, go first, if you could. And uh, just your license to shill, got anything to shill, plug it now. It's The, the, the floor is yours. Um, so every, if you go to TanyaTomic.com, I have all my links to all my socials. But everything is Tanya Atomic, T-O-N-J-I-A, Atomic. Uh, you know, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and um, I've got a couple movies that I think are going to come out at the end of the year. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. A <laughs> couple features. So, um, and if not, it'll be early next year. So awesome. excited about that. Awesome. So check out her website, folks. Great stuff there. If nothing else, you will be able to find a song for your ringtone like Dawn has. Yes, I do. <laughs> Dawn has a, a specific I, song. I, I have, yeah, I have a, one of your songs as my ringtone right now. What? Uh, I have, I, uh, um, off your website, I got Bikini Girl and that's Oh, my, my goodness. <laughs> my, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it, it entertains everybody at work. <laughs> that's, um, that's the theme song to one of Andrew Shearer's films. Oh, yes. That's why I wrote that, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. So, uh, Don, uh, I know you want to plug something. Please. Yes. Absolutely. So, as I have been plugging the Northeast Wisconsin or New Horror Film Fest coming up the second weekend of October in beautiful downtown Oshkosh, Wisconsin at the Time Community Theater. This year we will be doing uh, two and a half 
guess. <laughs> you, days. You, three, we're doing uh two days and two nights. There you go. Yeah. So we're doing a, a double feature of of indie Wisconsin or Wisconsin related uh feature length films on Friday night, which is going to be absolutely wonderfully entertaining, and a full day of mixed Wisconsin and other um independent horror film movies from Wisconsin, the United States, and all around the world, both Saturday and Sunday. If you are in the area, it is so worth it to come check it out. Yes, come to Wisconsin uh, for the beer and cheese and stay for the indie horror uh, that is the new horror fest. Uh, That Friday night, folks, if you don't come just to check out these films because of their titles alone, well, then you're just missing out. Lake Michigan Monster. And then the second film of the evening will be Vampire Ticks from Outer Space. Oh. I, I mean, you can't pass up films with titles like that. So, yes, uh, new horror film festival. Uh, we shall be there, Don and I. Uh, and that's uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, always is this time of year, some of my favorite time of the year. So, uh, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for listening to us talk about vibes. I hope this wet your whistle and you go seek it out somewhere uh, and give it a chance. I think there's a lot of fun to be had. So, now we'll just say good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Hey, all my friends out there looking for more spoiler room goodness, then why don't you check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions, where you can get access to exclusive spoiler room episodes and a whole lot more. You can also find us on Facebook groups at SMPRD and on to Twitter at SpecialMarkPro. Let your voice be heard and let us know what you would like to see in the spoiler room, as well as just how we're doing in general. We appreciate your support and remember in the spoiler room, the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies.